Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zana. I'm Zook. It's been a big week for us. It has. It's been a busy time. Not much, not, much excitement going on with the site. and Yeah. Not, I, I Before I get everyone's hopes up, not a big week in terms of headlines. I mean, there's headlines going on. There, oh, wow, there's headlines. But we got a new podcast. We do. We do. We brought a, a gaming podcast on, uh, MPX Podcast. And, yeah, they're they're not bad. Uh, it, listening to them makes, me, makes us feel old, though. Very old. Unbelievably old. This is what happens when you start associating yourselves with millennials. And you yourself are a Gen Xer, or in your case, the unnamed generation. Yeah, I'm an Oregon Trail uh, generation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're a good show. They're fun. I have no clue how factual they are, because I've listened to all their episodes, and all I do is just smile and laugh. They're fun. Yeah, and, and it's it's a diverse cast, diverse show hosts. We've got males and females, all 20-somethings that make us feel old. Young, beautiful people who we cannot relate to at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's really why we brought them on, because they're young and beautiful, and let's face it, nobody needs to see us. We have a voice for newspaper and a face for radio. Yes, that is true. Um, anyway, yeah, check them out on the site, NPX, or um, they. we've submitted them now to iTunes. I don't know if they've actually been accepted yet. Um, Stitcher's still reviewing them. You should start to see them in your different podcatchers or whatnot. But the NPX podcast by Stolen Droids, we're really excited to have them on. And if you've been wondering where our gaming shows are, well, now we have one. Yes. We, we've been working on getting a gaming show for quite a while. In fact, I was working with some people that I met at a comic book store a few years ago to try and get them to come on. Uh, but they wanted to go their own way, and frankly, that's fine, because they weren't very good. We were going to help them get good. Thankfully, we... We brought we brought some some good talent on. So, welcome to the MPX team. Uh, we are happy to have you as part of the Stolen Droids family. Mm-hmm. We're also happy to have our Patreon subscribers. A uh, big shout out to our co-producers Bruce, Ruff, and Zane. Um, yes. Did I say Bruce? Yeah, I, we've got Bruce and Russ. Yeah, and and Naz and, and Naz. Yeah, it's just whatever. Whatever. We have people who support us on Patreon. We know people. Like, we know lots of people. Yes, and they like what we do. And if you like what we do and you want to say thanks and you'd like to say, hey, maybe I could buy these guys a sandwich for lunch, but I don't know how I could do that. You can actually do that. Go to stolen or patreon.com slash stolen droids. Yeah. Uh, big shout out also to our friends over at truckradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, Radio KSCR, and Geek Factor Radio. Yes. We're all over the place. We know people. We know tens of people. Yes, dozens. I know, know. I know dozens. I know at least dozen of people. Yes. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's been a, a contentious week in the world of tech. Not just the world of tech, the world in general. Yeah, I mean, we're on the verge of nuclear war. Um. So yay, this is. I, although I, I wonder how close this feeling that a lot of people are feeling right now equates to the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 1960s. I'm not that old, so I didn't live through that one. But, I mean, that was pretty intense. But you look at Twitter and Facebook and other stuff, people are, like, 
freaking out thinking we've got World War Three knocking on our door in the next day or two. 2.75. And it's all because of, it's all because of Twitter. Yay, Twitter. <laughs> it's not Twitter's fault. Twitter is just, just a medium. Twitter is the method that people are spewing. I would like to point out that Twitter is doing away with the need for historians. If you think about it, if we didn't have Twitter or social media or 24 hour news cycles, um, or 24 hour news channels, excuse me, we wouldn't know a tenth of the crap that's going on until years later when a biographer or historian goes back and writes like one of those huge tomes on current president, current sitting president. That is true. That is true. Cause you look and you, I mean, even to this day, we only know a fraction of what took place in those former white houses. Well, we hear about it now. Like we hear about LBJ and how he used to just whip him, self out in front of people to intimidate them right and that's a really weird thing that's a really really weird thing that's only come out now because of historians and biographers and people who worked on his staff have all said and corroborated it now if if trump did that we'd know immediately oh totally well he'd put it on twitter yeah he would put it on twitter uh at which point i think it becomes tumblr <laughs> true true uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's obviously still stuff that we don't know, I would hope, but there's a lot that we do know that you're exactly right. It's it's removed the need for for historians to go in and dig. But, I mean, if this is the stuff we know, what do we not know? Mm, probably the same stuff he doesn't know. I think... <laughs> And I'm not just saying this about about the president. I'm saying this about everyone in Washington. The crap that these people don't know could fill volumes. I'm I'm guessing that if there's anything secret like Area 51 and aliens or whatnot, there's someone uh, in Washington D.C. who's smart enough to go. Yeah, I don't think we can tell this president about this. Yeah, because he just let it out in a tweet. He wouldn't oh, yeah. mean to. He just randomly blurted out. Well, and, you know, I think there's so much where... Like your grandpa suddenly flipping back into a memory from Nam, you know? Yeah, just he, he, well, he's kind of a topper, too. Our current president is kind of a topper. And if you're familiar with, with that term, you know, or if you're unfamiliar with that term, uh, a topper is somebody who always has to one-up you. You say something, oh, well, I did this, and it's better because, you know... I'm fabulous. Oh, you think that's great? Well, we got aliens, like actual aliens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how that would come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kim Jong Un would call would call Trump out on Twitter, and he'd say, "Oh, well, check this." Yeah, you think you're so great? Look, we got reverse engineered alien tech. Okay, we yeah. got fighters that you don't even know about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you know Independence Day Resurrection. That stuff is new. That was a documentary. <laughs> yeah you see that but, uh there was a giant chicken with golden hair staring I, down the white house this week i did see that that was hilarious and i thought what the heck is that i mean i don't i don't know the background i don't know any of the story behind it but i did see i i was watching the news and they said oh and by the way here's a live feed of the white house where somebody inflated a giant chicken with trump hair that's like so random. I like it, man. I'd buy a little figure of that. 
Funko needs to make a, a chicken Trump pop. Oh, that'd be that, perfect. That would be perfect. That would be awesome. Um, okay, into our headlines. We've vamped enough. Um, again, there's a lot of contention going on this week. And the first one comes up uh, from Consumer Reports. If you're not familiar with Consumer Reports, let's put it this way. Your parents probably had to read one before deciding which car to buy. You know, I'm going to say this. If you're not familiar with Consumer Reports, you're probably not 60. Yeah. (laughs) Consumer Reports originally listed the Microsoft Surface, the Surface Books, the Surface Pros, all the Surfaces, as like being really, really well-built and really, really awesome. And they rated them as recommended. This week, they had to go back and say, oh, sorry, we pulled our recommended rating um, because they have been receiving negative reviews and they're not very reliable at all. And this has actually set forth a bit of a firestorm uh, in the tech review community, especially people who mic- who review Microsoft products. Uh, now, some backstory here. Last year, Consumer Reports did the same thing to the MacBook, uh, the Mac, the 2016 version of the MacBook. Yeah, the MacBook Pro lineup. Yeah, they did the exact same thing. And it has forced them into the spotlight again to defend how they review these things. Now, J.D. Power and Associates have reviewed the Surface and the Surface Pro, and the Surface line is very, very high value. They, they say they're great, um, and while Consumer Reports says, no, no, they're horrible. Here's the issue. Consumer Reports and J.D. Power, neither of them are really, really open about how they review things. And it has kind of brought up some definite holes in the reviewing process. For one, Consumer Reports, and and full disclosure here, the article we're linking is from Windows Central. So guess what their bias is? Yeah, it's it's a bit biased. And you are a Windows fanboy. I am a total Windows fanboy. But there's also things I know about how to review. You've read some of my reviews on the site. uh, And even things I like, I have to be critical of. Yes. And you know me, my loyalty lies to whoever does the job the best. Right, right. Um, Here's the thing. Consumer Reports, do you know who it is that submits the surveys for Consumer Reports? It's people who pay to. Right. Consumer Reports subscribers. Yes. Um, You don't have to have owned the device. You just have to be a subscriber. Yes. Furthermore... Consumer Reports is saying things like the Surface Pro is known to fail after a year or two. The Surface Pro is brand freaking new. Like, it's only a couple months old. So how can they know that it's going to fail after a year or two? Because it's been known to. Right, of course. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. Brondo has what plants crave. Long story. Look, look up uh, Idiosity. You'll you'll get it. Um, do you not know that movie? I don't. L- listeners, do you not know that movie? Tell us at feedbackatstolendroids.com. Am I the only one here that doesn't know what Zook's talking about? Oh, Luke Wilson. He's a cr- convict who's uh, cryogenically frozen as a sentence, and he's uh, awoken at the end of his. Uh, he's like on parole, but it no, turns that's out Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes. The difference is, is that in this one, only the stupid people have been breeding. <laughs> oh, so all the smart people have waited until you know the time was right to have kids, or they were done with their. Uh, 
their college or their career was well underway and then they only have one or two kids. Meanwhile, the third grade dropouts pump out babies by the litter and the entire collective IQ has gone down so much. So now Luke Wilson, who was the most average person in the world, is now the smartest person on earth. I think I have heard of that. I think you've referenced that yeah. before. T- Terry Crews plays President uh, Buford Mountain Dew Camacho. That's right. I, yeah, yeah I, I have heard of that. Yeah. Okay, so if I reference Brondo, that's what it is. Anyway, the point of this gotcha. was, I don't know if I had a point. I'm rambling. Consumer Reports, the problem is, is that the only people who subscribe to it are of a certain generation who I wouldn't trust with my surface. So when the surveys come back and say, yeah, I don't know what it's doing and it just seems to update whenever it wants and then it shuts down. So I think it's broken and they list that on all their surveys. Yeah. I think the survey should read people of a certain age don't know how to use a computer. Well, you know, it's interesting because I've got two customers that I work with. They are both older ladies and when I say older, 50s, late 50s, um, so older than I am. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it seems like any time the slightest thing goes wrong, or not even necessarily wrong, but doesn't go the way that they would expect with their, syst- with, with their software solution, their system, whatever the case may be, um, they panic. They freak out. I, I got an email today with this big old list. She's like, well, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. I said, okay. I asked her for some basic information. And I said, by the way, have you checked to make sure that this is actually running? Oh, that was it. You know? And, and so I can see a lot of that happening with these survey respondents, because you get older individuals who subscribe to consumer reports, who fill out these surveys. If a computer freezes on them, it's not reliable. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. But you know what? A computer can still freeze on you once every three or four months and still be extremely reliable. Back in my day, we built things to last. Our computers didn't fail. Well, no, you didn't have computers, actually. And believe it or not, your stuff failed just as often. Well, and, and not to sound like an ageist, which I'm not entirely sure is a word, but we're going to go with it anyway. It is. It is. Um, yeah. You're you're an Asian ageist. Oh, oh, that's not a tongue twister. So uh, That's just fun to say. My, my kind of adopted dad, he's not actually my dad, but I, he's like a father figure to me. Incredibly smart person with computers incredibly smart, right? He's worked with them most of his life. He now uses Macs because to him, they're just easier and more reliable and they don't need as much work. And he's always going on and on and on about his wife's computer. It's, it's a windows computer and it's just never working right. And it's always having these problems and it's always wanting him to restart to install updates. And he just hates windows because of that, because Mac doesn't have that problem. Well, I ask him, have you restarted? Have you installed it? Installed the updates? Well, no, I just know they're going to screw it up. So I just leave it. And I never restart. <laughs> well, dude, talk about self-fulfilling prophecy there. You know, exactly. There's a reason why you say windows doesn't work. And that really is what's going on there. That, that really is 
how your perception can shape reality when it comes into regards with technology. If you're always saying something never works, and so that's why you refuse to use it correctly, well, then guess what? It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's interesting because, you know, you look at J.D. Power, and we should note that they actually... They did this on two different things. Consumer Reports looked at reliability, whereas J.D. Power looked specifically at user satisfaction, which there is some overlap there. But not a lot. They are two different things, uh, technically speaking. Uh, J.D. Power also had far fewer uh, surveys returned. So Yeah, well, they do the random survey of about 2,000 people, which is pretty standard for a random survey. But they really strive to get random people who have experience with the product, whereas Consumer Reports had 90,000 surveys returned. And we have no clue what any of those people have done in terms of using a, a Microsoft Surface. Well, let's, let's not belabor the point anymore. We do have other headlines, and I, I'm actually more interested to hear from our listeners. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Where do you get your reviews from? What do you think is more important? Like Amazon reviews? Uh, how many stars does it have on Newegg? Do you guys Google it? Do you guys hit, uh, hit up Engadget or Tom's Hardware or Anantech? Like, I'm just kind of interested because I know well, what I, I know the process I use. And do reviews even play a factor in your decision at this point? Or do you just have brand loyalty and you're going with what you're going with? You know what my brother-in-law does? He does nothing but Reddit research. That's all he does when he's about to buy something. He just uh-huh. hits, hits up Reddit. Sees what everyone else is saying. And see, I, I'm a big believer in Amazon reviews, uh, especially people who have actually verified the purchase, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that carries a lot of weight with me. If you've used it and you're saying, I like it, but there's these problems, or I don't like it because of these reasons, that carries a lot of weight in my mind. Yep. Um, into Uber news, because that's the dumpster fire we can't stop talking about. <laughs> They just keep pouring gas on that. Is the dumpster out yet? No. Well, we have a, more trash to throw away. Throw it in. I'm sure it'll just smother it. <laughs> That's kind of their attitude, isn't it? It really is. Don't worry till don't wait till the problems are taken care of. Just keep keep business as usual. Never mind if the problem is business as usual. So, Uber is being sued um by what is it? By New York City by the disability rights activists of New York City. Yes. Um, uh, they are filing a class action suit against Uber, uh, saying that they don't adhere to Title III of the, uh, what is it, the Americans with Disability Act. Yes. And that states that um, people with uh, disabilities should have access to transportation and uh, basically just accommodations should be made for them. They allege that 0.1% of the Uber fleet in New York is even capable of handling wheelchairs. Yeah, 58,000 vehicles uh, in the five boroughs of New York City, and fewer than 100 of them offered lifts or ramps necessary to accommodate those who use wheelchairs or other devices. Now, here's my problem with this. It's a massive problem. And I think we've touched on this before. So if it sounds like I'm a broken record, I apologize. But you remember when Uber was just considered a rideshare service? where it was just you and your car going out and giving people rides as necessary. Yep. Well, guess what? 
if I'm giving her, okay, true story. Um, I got to work today and there was an older gentleman walking down the street next to our building and it's, it got kind of hot here. It was around 94 at the time. He was looking really distressed. He was an older guy. He was sweating like crazy. And he was, um, every time a car would go by, he'd stick his thumb out. And I watched him as he went from one end of our parking lot, uh, from the width of our lot, you know, to the other. And then he just kept going. No one would stop for him. I'm like, you know, I really don't like the idea of an older person walking around in this heat. You know, he was in full, um, slacks at, button up shirt. I'm like, I wonder if his car broke down. So I went and I, I stopped by, I stopped, I let him in and I gave him a ride and he, he, yeah, his car had broken down and he was just trying to get a ride to a UTA. That's our bus system to a station. And I gave him a ride to a track station. It's our light rail, our commuter rail. Guess what? That's a ride share. That's me just giving someone a ride. But he didn't pay you. So that's completely different. Well, he offered, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't allow it. It was just, you know, I believe in karma. But nor could he sue me because my car wasn't like ADA compliant. True. And that's what confuses me here. And this is my big problem. The entire concept of Uber is that, no, it's just private citizens sharing their cars, sharing rides. But at the same time, this is Uber's fault because they've turned that into a fleet. Despite... Everything of them saying, no, 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 this is just ride sharing. It's just people doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Make a little extra money on the side. It's not. And we all know it. It's a privatized taxi service. Yep. That's exactly. So, yeah, they've completely opened themselves up to this. If this was still Uber or Lyft when it first started at its core tenants of just people just giving rides, then this disability rights activist group wouldn't have a leg to stand on. That's a horrible pun. Um, <laughs> That's an awesome pun. <laughs> I didn't mean that at all. Um, wow. Anyway, they wouldn't have an argument. But because Uber has basically turned themselves into another mass transit system comparable with the subway or cabs, then yeah, they have every right to be sued. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is Uber a cab company that's using people's own vehicles as opposed to buying a car and hiring them as a cabbie? Or are they something more nebulous like the rideshare company that they claim that they are? And I think that's really what it boils down to. And I'd be interested to see if that's not brought up as this case moves forward yeah but uh, uber regardless of how this is decided they're a scummy company and they're a dumpster fire so i kind of you know part of me really wants to see uber just get their their junk kicked really hard Mm. I think they're on that path. See, one of their major investors who holds a, uh, board, a seat on the board is called Benchmark Capital. Uh, it's a venture capital firm. And they're suing Travis Kalanick. Who's the former CEO. Now, Kalanick advised that they should increase the number of seats on the board, but that he would have control over who got those seats. 
But then he stepped down as CEO and took one of those seats for himself. And even though he said, don't worry, I'll relinquish the control of the other two seats so you guys can vote in who gets them, he hasn't yet. So even though he isn't CEO, he still holds a majority hold on the board. Which means he could easily put himself back in as CEO if he wanted. So Benchmark Capital is suing him for fraud, basically saying, look, you got us all on board here on a failing business model that you lied about. If we had known about your history of sexual misconduct or how unstable you were, we wouldn't have signed in. If we had signed on, we, if you had told us that you were betting everything on technology you had someone steal from Google and then lie about, we wouldn't have signed on. And if we had known that you would have then tried to take up a majority of the board's voting, voting seats, we definitely wouldn't have signed on. So we're suing you for fraud. If they win, he loses all seats on the board, and basically he can't come back to the company. Which, as the the founder and, and CEO and stuff, that's that's a kick to the nuts. I mean, that sucks. They had but he a brought point. it on himself. Yeah, totally. Well, other members of the board don't like that benchmark capital is going after the former CEO. So they're now demanding that they leave the board saying, I love this. Um, uh, the lawsuit is ethically dubious and critically value destructive rather than value enhancing. They also call it fat fratricide, basically saying that you are damaging our brand, but with this infighting, people aren't going to take us seriously. It's going to lower the value of the company. I've got news for you, you weirdos. The only thing lowering the value of this company is your company. Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's everything else. That is exactly right. I mean, they're looking for a, quote, new world-class chief executive officer. They're world-class lucky what? To, world-class mean, douche? That qualifies. I mean... Yeah. I mean, they're going to... At this point, I think they're lucky to find some wino that's in advanced kidney failure, you know, advanced liver disease. Should Travis Kalanick be sued? I don't know. Should he be com cut completely from the company? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, Honor he's almost nothing. demands it. Yeah, he's done nothing but, but bring shame to the company and to his family name. He needs seppuku. Dishonor. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your company. Dishonor on your non-ADA compliant ride shares. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Dumpster fire that just won't go out. It's like the Springfield Tire Fire. Mm -hmm. It just won't go away. It just burns. I had this idea when I was uh, trying to figure out if I had any artistic talent in my body as all. I don't, by the way. I was going to try and draw a picture of someone calling an Uber and a garbage truck on fire pulls up with the little Uber logo in the window. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's about accurate. That's, yeah. As it turns out, my six-year-old can b draw a better truck than me. Go fig. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Um, so, you may have heard this week, you may not have, but uh, some idiot inside Google decided to draft a memo to the entire company 
going on and on and on about how Google's diversity policy is just utter crap. And can we please stop pretending that women have it in them to be engineers like men? Okay, I'm I, paraphrasing. I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing you're, you're here. You're paraphrasing badly. I thought he gave a very well-reasoned argument. You would be on the losing side of that. He, he did say, and I'm not paraphrasing here, he said that there are fundamental physiological differences that make it so women aren't as good engineers as men. He did and, say that, and that is I, not a paraphrasing. I will uh, not say that I necessarily agree with everything he said. But I will say he did lay it out, and it was very well-reasoned. It was not some rambling madman rant. It wasn't. It was definitely well thought out. It wasn't necessarily a good idea, but he thought long and hard about that idea. I've got news for you. Fastest way to get fired from any company. Any company. Criticize that company. Write an internal memo to the entire company criticizing it. You ever see the beginning of Jerry Maguire? Starts out kind of the same way. Yep. Um, look, it doesn't matter if you agree with him or not. I obviously think he's an idiot. You don't. But Google's well, going to fire I, you. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Okay. He he brought up valid concerns. And from what I, I read the memo, what I took from it is he basically said, we need to stop, if I'm recalling correctly, my interpretation of it, was he said we need to stop hiring for the sake of diversity and start getting back to qualifications because when you're being diverse for the sake of being diverse you're going to hurt yourself in the long run as opposed to bringing in the most qualified individuals for the job that's and, what i took from it and if you and if you put it just like that that's that just fine. That is a perfect, the way you put it right there is just fine. That wouldn't go on for eight pages though. And his no. did. <laughs> no. And, and yeah, that, that's true. Um, so he was well, fired and Google's- he was fired specifically for, um, what they call, what was it? Um, breach of code of conduct. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting though, because Google's diversity czar or whatever she is sent a memo to the company basically saying, you got this memo. We're not going to quote it because his views are wrong and we're not going to entertain his diverse views, which I think was a mistake. Well, yeah, but that being as it is, because I mean, they basically said we are not going to respond because we are what he said we are. We are not. We're not going to entertain the diverse thoughts because we're so diverse. You know, I, I think that's a tangent and I'm going to disagree with you on that. Anyway, okay. the actual, so <laughs> he was fired and guess what? There's absolutely no surprise there. Um, when you, when you write a memo to the entire company, you better pray you're the CEO. Yeah. <laughs> that is the and only not Travis Kalanick. Yeah, that, that is the only time, but very true. That is the only time you should ever write a memo to the entire company ever. Oh, yeah. It's because either you are the CEO or the CEO specifically told you to. Like, hey, don't forget, open enrollment for health insurance is coming up. Like, if that was the entire memo to the company, go for it. Um, not a, here, let me give everyone my worldview on what you're doing wrong. You're going to get fired. And he was. And as if almost to prove his point, the Internet stepped in and started doxing the people who had spoken out against 
his little memo. So people inside Google, they got their information and started publishing their addresses, their phone numbers, their full names, where they went to school, where what their neighborhood was like, where their kids went to school, you know, full-on doxing. Because nothing says, hey, I'm a stable and level-headed person who believes in men's rights more than, hey, let me go ahead and stalk you and publish all your information everywhere so people can hurt you in real life. It got so bad that this Google CEO, Sundar Pichai, and I think I'm mispronouncing that, had to cancel an all-hands meeting about gender controversy because it's a bit of a a hot-button issue, and people were worried about their actual physical safety because many of the people attending that conference were the ones having their information doxxed. Yeah, that's never cool. That's never cool. Now, I think, you know... I really wish that we could just live in a world where you are judged based on how well you do something as opposed to all this other BS that we have to deal with. If well, you're it would help the- if people stopped being children. And I mean that on yeah. both sides, on all sides. If people yeah, could just everybody. stop being children. If if you want to hire somebody because they're the most qualified for the job, you should be entitled to hire them because they're the most qualified for the job. End of story. You shouldn't need to worry about being sued because you're discriminating against the three-eyed, two-toothed person who can't see straight as they're driving the train. You know. On the flip side, though, you should also feel free to fire them for being a pretentious douche who, let's face it, has, keeps groping all the other employees. Without yeah. fear of the aggressive machoism of the deep web coming after you. Exactly. Exactly. If you're going to be a dick, you need to be gone. Take that elsewhere. Companies should be able to get rid of you without having to pay you an exorbitant sum or without worrying about lawsuits. And on the other side, if you're the best person for the job and you're good at your job, they should be able to reward you accordingly. I, I I hate this. I hate this stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, just... People grow up. Yeah, yeah, seriously, seriously. I, I'm so tired of this kind of nonsense. And it's not just... It seems really, like, prevalent in the tech sector because that's what we cover, but it's everywhere. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's stupid. I I remember, you know, growing up as a kid, I would say something isn't fair to my parents. Well, life's not fair. Deal with it. Well, they have this, and or they got to do this. Well, you're not them. You know? Everybody's different. Everybody brings something different to the table. If you're, what you bring to the table is of value, great. If it's not, you bring something else to the table that's of value. Take it somewhere where it's going to be of value. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's hard to talk about this without us starting to sound kind of preachy. It is. Uh, and and I recognize that. And, of course, I, that's not what you listen to this show for. And it's hard to not get political and stuff on a subject like this as well. But, uh, frankly, this has been the tech news story of the week. How how about this? Here's um, Zook and Zoners, Z and Zs, as you know, Whitney Avalon calls us, the Zs, um, guide to not getting fired from a tech company. Step one, don't be a dick. Step two. 
do your job really well. And step three, don't ever write an internal memo and hit send all. <laughs> yes. How, how's that? Three steps to success right there. That, it, that's a pretty, I mean, that can apply to everything. Not just I think tech, so. Not I, just tech stuff. I think tech stuff, your community church group, your neighborhood bake off, you know, especially that first one. I'm, I'm just saying. There we go. Stolen droids patent pending, uh, method of, method to success in life. Yes. We, we do need to get that patented and. Or trademarked? Is it a patent or a trademark if it's a process? I don't know. We need to, we need to do something though. And then step four is profit. Uh, Step four is question mark. Step five is profit. Yes. 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 Sorry. My bad. My bad. Um, actually, um, truth be told, you know what I've told my kids is how is the best way to drive. It's a two-step process, and the first one is the same. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Step two is assume everyone else is an idiot who's trying to kill you. Yes, especially in Utah. I'm, I'm just saying, I, if you put a healthy fear uh, of death into uh, your children as they learn to drive. So, um, speaking of death, SoundCloud. They are mostly dead. Which means they are slightly alive. Thanks, Miracle Max. Um, yes. I won't lie. I have no clue what SoundCloud is for. Um, I think it's for like, um, rappers to, to what? put stuff up. It's and, for white people who rap to put and, things on to feel like musicians. Yeah, I think so. So they can drop their hot mixtapes. After browsing the site for about a half hour, that's really all I could figure out. Um, which may be the reason why they're not doing real well. Yeah, it's it's a music hosting thing. Um, um, so the idea is is that you can upload MP3s or music that you've made or mixed or whatever, um, and it just has a built-in player, and people can make comments at certain time spots, uh, and it's kind of cool that way, and you can embed it into other sites. And okay, great, awesome, except why? And I mean that sincerely. I, I, I have, I know someone who actually tried to launch a podcast and they published it through SoundCloud. Yeah. I know a few people who have, tr- or have heard of a few instances of, of that happening. Which again, why? Cause you can. I, it, it doesn't work in my brain and maybe it's because i've hosted a podcast now for four years um four hasn't it been four i think we're on year six aren't we i don't know the time's starting to run together it is it's it's just all blurred together like a melted box of crayons now that i've been podcasting for 11 years um Back in, back in dickety six. Yes, exactly. We wore an onion on our belt, as was the custom at the time. Yes. Um, so, why does this site exist? Like, if, if you're a musician, put it on YouTube. Put it on your own site. This is like deviant art for artists. It means you're <laughs> not really an artist. You just like blogging about things that you draw. Well, I don't know. DeviantArt, there's some pretty good artists there. Yeah, they are. There's some really good ones. And if they actually wanted to do it, maybe they should have their own site. That's a good point. 
it's almost like saying, oh, yeah, I'm an author. Oh, really? Where can I find some of your work? Well, mostly on Blogspot right now, but I still have some things released on LiveJournal, some of my earlier work. <laughs> Are those even still a thing? I, I don't know. That's, aw- that's awesome. So it sounds like I'm being really critical here of it, but it should come as no surprise then, at least to me, that SoundCloud has been failing uh, money-wise. They just cannot pull money. It looked like they were going to have to close doors. And then out of nowhere, they got a uh, a massive amount of money in there. And I think one of the conditions was that the CEO had to step aside. Yeah. I... I have no clue what this site is for. I don't know if anyone truly does. Like, how do you make money by submitting to SoundCloud? I don't know. I'm still wondering how you make money doing a podcast, and we've been doing that for a while. Well, easy. You don't. (laughs) True. But, I mean, I think it's like the same with YouTubers and stuff. They somehow make money doing that somehow, I guess, but... Yeah, I, I'm just looking here at SoundCloud and I don't know. Is it like, is it like the, the bad homemade rapper equivalent of like Stitcher for podcasts? I, I guess that's kind of what, kind of what I get. I don't know. I, I love, okay. So this, this uh, article is from The Verge and there's 14 comments. Let me read the first few. Special reminder, their app continues to be hot garbage and you can't use their site on a phone. You have to use their garbage app. Next comment. So someone gave them money, even though it's clear they're failing. Wow. Where can I get in on this free cash? Um, That's next what comment. I want to know. Are these the same people that keep giving Uber money? Maybe. Next comment. I love SoundCloud, but let's be honest. It's a money pit. They're only delaying the inevitable. Yeah. I, I, I mean... Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. As a musician, I really have no idea what other good alternative there is to SoundCloud and to share your music. SoundCloud has been perfect for me to keep it up and for easy sharing. What else is there that is equal or better? Really, really ashamed to see this go away. Um, and immediately people go into, um, how about Bandcamp? How about your own site? How about iTunes? And he responds back, exactly. I'm not interested in that. I just want to share my music. Okay, so SoundCloud is evidently for white people who want to rap but aren't good at it, and for hipsters who want to sit there and play their guitar but don't want to make money. Yay. That's awesome. Good job. Yeah, well done, SoundCloud. Good business model right there. Yep. We are going to pull a lot of hate here because you know Joe has a bunch of listeners who just love SoundCloud. Probably. Or or worse, she's probably going to have bands who host their stuff on SoundCloud and she's going to have no choice but to drop us. That could be. Joe, we love you. Yes, thank you for your support for all these years. <laughs> We're Remember, sorry we have to go. <laughs> we like you as a person as well. We have a good friendship. Yes. Let's not ruin it. Um, <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Um, okay, into Disney, which is an odd segue here, but Disney owns a lot of properties, and a lot of them are on Netflix. They are. Which may not last much longer. The other big thing, other than Google firing the guy who evidently decided that he knew what everything was going on, 
The other news was Disney pulling its movies from Netflix so they could start their own streaming service. Now, yeah, this is going to take place next year. There's, um, I understand and yet disagree with this entire premise. I think it's a horrible, horrible premise. I think it's a horrible idea, but I understand the thinking behind it. And here's why. Okay. Disney has a very, very, very strong brand to protect. Right? Yes. And they have enough content now between Disney XD, Disney Kids, Disney Toons, Disney Movies, um, ESPN, uh, every, every well, they're doing a separate streaming service for ESPN, right? But bear with me here. I mean, when you count in Marvel and Lucasfilm and everything, ABC, ABC the Muppets, everything, they own enough that you could probably sit there and watch a new show that they put out every hour of every day for months and not repeat. Yeah, probably. When you consider just how many crap shows Disney XD pumps out. Or how many crap shows ABC pumps out? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like they have enough to go on their own. And if they do that, they don't have to worry about um, their product, as it were, on Netflix being put close to or within reasonable reach of some of the really smutty stuff that's on Netflix or some of the violent stuff or some of the just straight up garbage. I love Netflix and I will admit that sometimes it's fun to just put on a really, really cheesy sci-fi Netflix original. Spectre is a great one. It's a crap movie, but it was a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. But it dilutes their brand. Especially if, say, you just hand your kids the remote saying, yeah, sure, go ahead and watch your stuff, but you weren't a good parent and you didn't limit the Netflix account to kids only. Yeah. Disney's been really, really big on trying to lock down their stuff so it's only viewable by kids, or excuse me, so kids who are locked into it can't leave to go to the greater wide web. They have that little circle internet gateway, which I don't know anyone who's used, but supposedly works really well. Yeah. And this is just their attempt at doing that. I get that. I do, actually. I do get that. You have a tablet. You are on a long road trip. You install the Disney streaming app. You give it to your kids, and you don't have to worry about them looking up anything that's not appropriate. Okay? I get that. Okay. I disagree, however. I still think it's a bad move. Okay, why do you think it's a bad move? You tell me, and then I'll tell you why I think it's a bad move. Because a lot of the really, really hardcore Marvel fans have been flocking to Netflix for those original series. We have Iron Fist, we have Luke Cage, we have Daredevil, we have Jessica Jones. And some of those things that happen on there are excellent and could never be on a Disney channel. Even though that Marvel is owned by Disney, and therefore those productions are also owned by Disney, they have a place in adult entertainment, which sounds like porn, but that's not what I mean, but not through a Disney app. And if I want to sit down with my kids for movie night and watch The Force, Ret the Force Awakens, I don't want to have to go through a totally different streaming service from Disney to do it. Okay, now, there is my problem with it. We are seeing these companies, these media companies, becoming cable companies. I mean, they are cable companies because they're cable, you know, but they're turning, they're turning the internet into cable where you have to pay for the channels that you want. 
Which, okay, that's fine and good. It's a la carte. But it's going to become so... I fear that it's becoming so fragmented that you're going to see a whole lot of really good stuff languish in mediocrity because you just don't have the eyes on it. You're, you can't afford every streaming service unless you're like crazy rich. You know, CBS is coming out with all access. I mean, you've got Hulu, you've got Disney now. They're going to come out with ESPN. I mean, you've got all these different streaming services, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and you can't have all of them. So you're going to have to pick and choose. And you're going to choose the ones that are going to give you the content that you most want. How are you going to get that other content? You're going to pirate it. Well, and let us not forget, too, that the past few years has really shown us that sometimes it's the sleeper cable network that comes out with the real big hits. So what happens if you aren't subscribed to the next AMC who's about to come out with Mad Men or The Walking Dead? Was Mad Men AMC? It was. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, hated that show. I hated it too, but people really liked it. They did. I people, don't know why. People, uh, I'm Christina Hendricks, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing. But man, they were all horrible people. It was a horrible show. I hated it. I would but watch anyways, Paint Dry if she was the one painting it. <laughs> um, But then The Walking Dead came out. And it was almost a fluke, right? But it's those sleeper ones. I never watched. Breaking Bad. Yeah, I never watched uh, USA Network until Burn Notice came out. You know, and yeah. I loved Burn Notice. Burn Notice, Psych. I mean, they Cover came Affairs. Out with, yeah, they've they've got some great stuff. So it's just uh, FX came out with Archer, came out with Justified. I said this five years ago, back when Stark was on the show, and he was always going on and on and on about how great a la carte would be, and I brought up this exact problem of every channel having its own streaming service and me having to pick and choose which streaming services I had to subscribe to just to get the shows I wanted instead of just being able to have it all together. And yeah. now, here we are. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm curious to see. I mean, obviously, Disney is going forward with this. I did see something just a few minutes ago. There are some negotiations to keep the Marvel uh, and Star Wars properties on Netflix as opposed to going on to Disney. So we'll just have to follow this and see what ends up happening. But Yeah, it would only make sense. Yeah, overall, I, I think it's a bad idea. Um, I, I don't like it. And that's coming from the guy who loves competition because it makes things better. But I don't think it's going to in this case. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um Anchor. Anchor has kind of uh, carved out a spot for itself in the marketplace as the purveyor of affordable and kind of cheap, but it works, hardware. You have, I like Anchor. I like Anchor, too. A lot of my stuff is Anchor, but it's yeah. really affordable. Um, some of their stuff is really high-end, but not so high-end you're paying like Apple prices. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying? You're not buying directly from the Sony store for this USB cable, but it's probably going to work better, but it costs less. Yeah. So I've become a big fan of Anchor for that reason. Well, they came out with a knockoff of the Amazon Echo. And okay, sure, whatever, that's great. But it actually interacts with the Amazon Echo. It is Alexa-enabled, and it's only $35. This is awesome. 
This is a game changer. And here's why. Do you know why Cortana in the home or Google Assistant in the home or Siri in the home or Alexa would ever fail? Why? If the only places you could get those things were from Microsoft or Google or Apple or Amazon. Uh huh. By allowing other things to integrate with it. And, and this is not the first one. Ecobee 4, the thermostat actually has Alexa in it as well. This is genius. And if other companies aren't careful, this is how Alexa will take over by allowing other developers and other companies to come out with their own stuff that ties into the same service. That's pretty sweet. That really is quite a sweet thing. Microsoft is counting on the fact that everyone uses their products to get Cortana through. Yep. But that's not always the case anymore. Google is counting on the fact that everyone uses their products to get Google Assistant through. But we all know how fragmented that is. It really is. Apple has nothing to worry because they're right. Everyone who uses Siri owns like 20 different Apple products. But this is how Amazon may win. Well, those 20 different products are just dongles and cords and stuff. True, true. (laughs) Right up until Anchor comes out with a Siri-enabled dongle. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I like this. I I think it's kind of cool. I, I think it's I think it's really cool that they're doing this. And I love that Amazon isn't squashing them in the process. If they're smart, they'll know that this is only a good thing for them. Oh, totally. It totally is. Yeah, it's going to hurt sales of Amazon's hardware, but they're still tying into the ecosystem. They're still making it, you know, awesome. And, and that's where they make their money from. So, yeah. Um, okay, uh, last headline. We, we got some other ones here, but honestly, we've written articles about them or we have other podcasts talking about them. This is such an interesting place for us to be in. It is. We're, we're like a media, um, empire now. It's like we're actually still Android's media finally. It's like yeah. we've finally grown up. We have, we put on our big boy pants. Um, okay, so this last headline is kind of funny. There is an interesting song climbing the iTunes charts at a rocket pace. I think it currently stands at number 10. Maybe, maybe it's four now, actually. It costs 99 cents. And so it's not like an expensive one, but people have been buying this track like crazy. And here's why. It is 10 minutes of utter silence. You have a confused look on your face. Um, my thinking is, why pay 99 cents for 10 minutes of total silence? I oh, can there's a very good reason. Put in my earbuds and not turn them on. So, I love this. I absolutely love this. iTunes has... I won't call it a bug. It just simply is what it is. That if you have a playlist, even on shuffle, it will always start with the same song. Every time. Whichever one comes alphabetically first in your playlist. Even if you tell that playlist to play shuffled, as soon as you get into your car and hook your phone up to your stereo or start listening to it, it will always, always, always play the same song. And nothing makes a song grow old faster than hearing it constantly whenever you get into the car or turn on the iTunes app on your phone. Okay. True. I agree. So 
So this guy made a 10 minute song of dead silence and it's called a a a a a a very good song. So there's absolutely no way any other song in your library can come before it in the playlist. And it gives you time once you get your earbuds in or get it synced to your car to then go in and switch playlists or switch to another song. That makes sense. Now, you could very easily record your own empty song and put it into your library, but evidently people have been happy to just pay 99 cents for the convenience of someone else doing this. And he's been totally happy. The artist who did this, if you want to call him that to take that cat, that check all the way to the bank. And iTunes has been perfectly happy making commission off of this, but it is the most hilarious way to get around a stupid programming glitch that I have ever heard in my life. I think that's awesome. Capitalism at work. We yes. will build a broken system, and then when someone comes out with a fix, we'll make money off that, too. Gotta love capitalists. Oh, my Gotta gosh. That That's cool. Good on him. Or them, whoever they are. I, you were, I you just were assumed a gender. I, yeah, you, just, you were confused when I put this headline into the show notes. I thought it was a mistake. I'm like, the crap is this? But makes sense. Let's roll with it. On to the favorites. On to the favorites. Oh, by the way, before we get into the favorites, so you don't think I'm just ragging on Apple, Pandora does the same thing sometimes, too. I have a particular station on my Pandora that always starts off with the exact same song, and I've started hating it. Pandora drives me nuts. I much prefer Spotify. Hmm. Okay. Um, I may have already used this favorite before. Um, if so, I apologize, but it's still a good one, so I don't care. I love Archer. And I love the Kingsman. And for the new movie, The Kingsman, The Golden Circle, they partnered with uh, FX and made a Archer short where Eggsy from The Kingsman encounters Archer at The Kingsman's tailor shop in London. It's quite funny. Awesome ensues. It's it's such a perfect blend of the Kingsman humor and Archer humor that you almost think that a you almost think that a mashup is inevitable, like it must happen. So check it out. It's My, short. I I have not watched it yet, but I fully intend to. Now I was in Cleveland a few weeks ago for work, and I was talking with one of my coworkers. And he mentioned to me that he was in a thrift store and came across a album called Disney Songs the Satchmo Way uh, with Louis Armstrong performing Disney classics. I like jazz. I like Louis Armstrong. I like Disney. This is a natural thing that you would think that I absolutely would enjoy. And if you think that, yeah, you're freaking right because it's amazing. It is such a fun album. Uh, it's I think it's only got 10 tracks on it. But man, Louis Armstrong does Disney well. And if you enjoy if you enjoy any of those things, uh, jazz, Louis Armstrong, or Disney songs, you need to check this out because it's freaking epic. Excellent. All right. Well, that is our episode this week. Hey, you know what? We're serious. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Uh, follow up uh, on what you feel like contributing over at Patreon.com slash StolenDroids. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, what other ways can they stalk us? 
I don't know. Just go to StolenDroids.com. We've got links there. We're all over the internets now. Uh, be We've sure got- to read our uh, internal memo, you know? Yes, yeah, the internal memo that says that, you know, don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, and until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.